Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, your daily dose of Talmud. So we're deep into this long section in which the rabbis of the Talmud talk all about food and which blessing is to be said over which food stuff. And in today's page, page 39, I came across a paragraph that delighted me. It says, In connection to the various halachot, or Jewish laws, with regard to breaking bread, especially on festivals, the Gemara cites another halacha. Rabbi Abba said, And on Shabbat, one is obligated to break bread for the meal over two loaves. What is the reason? Because in the Torah portion that discusses gathering manna on Friday for Shabbat, the phrase, twice as much bread, is written. To commemorate this, Shabbat meals are based on two loaves of bread. With regard to the manner in which these two loaves are to be broken, Rav Ashi said, I saw Rav Kahana who would take two loaves and break one. Rabbi Zera would break off one large piece from the loaf and eat from it for the entire Shabbat meal. Ravina said to Rav Ashi about this, Doesn't it appear gluttonous for one to break off so large a piece? Rav Ashi said to him, Since every other day he does not do so, and today he does, it does not appear gluttonous, but rather in deference to the mitzvah of the Shabbat meals. So, hello to you, Josh Cross, show's producer, accidental Talmudic scholar. I'm not so sure anymore that I'm going to call it accidental. I think we all have our ways of coming at this. And I actually think this particular doff is like the core of my existence. It called to you. Let me set the scene for our listeners. On Shabbat, despite this mitzvah, uh, I have to confess, I buy one challah. I know you're supposed to do two. I get that. I love it. It's beautiful. But something about it appears, well, just a little bit too gluttonous to my taste. I just can't fathom the fact that a family of four has to preside over these two large loaves of bread. But I know that over in the Cross household, things are very different. Now, let me be clear. Everybody who's listened to enough of these episodes, but let's reiterate, I am your stereotypical cultural atheist secular Jew. I have been trying for years because I think it's a good idea and mostly as an excuse to get home early from work on Friday to do sort of Shabbat for a decade. I have three kids, my youngest of which just turned 10. So... What's amazing about this whole page is that we're talking about the last three paragraphs. The whole rest of it is all sorts of stuff about what's beet juice versus beets or what do we bless the dill or this, that, or the other. But these three paragraphs at the very end, right before we switch over into page 40, really do encapsulate everything that is about me and the way I see being a Jew and the way I see interacting with the world and everything else. Tell us about it. Take us to that cross Shabbat table. So... I remember a few years ago, one of my kids actually asked me this question. Why on all other nights? Whatever. Why do we need a second one? There's five of us. Now, we can eat a challah. You get the right one, we can eat the right challah, and it'll be gone. And I can hit the second one. But why do we do this? And there's a lot of reasons. Now, not being familiar with Tractate Brachot, page 39b, you gave what response? Well, I mean, I think the first response is because we can. And not in like this arrogant, I'm a rich person whatever, but because we're sort of taking a breath to celebrate that we have the ability to make the choice to celebrate the abundance that is open to us. Right. That there is something compelling in the fact that while most days we eat what we need to sustain ourselves and we do just, the bare minimum is a too pejorative way to put it, but we do what we need to do to take care of ourselves, to take care of our families. All other days are about sustenance and survival, right? This day is about a special, creating a special environment, creating something that feels out of time. Right, and by buying the... Sacred, if you will. 
by holding up two loaves and saying, we have this, and now we're going to put this other one aside, and eat, eating the one, it sort of says, listen, we, we could make the choice to celebrate this abundance. We have this at our hands, and we're making the decision on most days to live within our means, but tonight we party. And something that I want to put aside that this second hala has a very important use, which we'll get to, but what it's really talking about is the, 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 this ritual of buying the second hala sort of is an answer to the way that in modernity we live our lives. I live in New York City. I have three kids. I don't have the biggest apartment on the planet. And every single thing we do is done with thought, thought and purpose, whether my son wants to bring home a new plant or whatever. Okay. I need. Why to, are we going to put that plant? It's where does that go? This, How does this, this logic may be not very familiar to our, those of our listeners fortunate enough to live elsewhere in the country. But I also think it's important, and I think in many ways, regardless of where I lived, I would want to live my life this way, which is where in my life does whatever I'm consuming or purchasing or fitting in, whether it's people or food or otherwise, where does the place for this fit? I want to be economical because there's only so much energy and so much space in our lives for everything. So I'm not buying a Peloton because I don't have room for it and it's just going to wind up being a clothes hanger. I'm not buying the new 32-inch iMac Pro that I want to buy for working on things because I don't have the spot to put it in my life. It's right. not a reasonable thing. And I, and very much so, I make those decisions on what is reasonable in my life. And when you go shopping for food, I, I know that you always sort of plan meals in advance. What, you know, what will the kids take to school oh, yeah, for I mean, lunch? Will right. it be leftover? You make these kind of calculations. Every day when I go, what am I making for dinner? I'm like, how many more meals can I get out of this? Not necessarily because I'm lazy, but sometimes, but because it also makes my life easier and better and more fulfilling to know if I make this lasagna tonight, I know that lunch tomorrow for my kids is taken it's care set. of and I'm good. And the second challah flies in the face of this thing. It does because it's abundance, but we have to also remember, much like we need to remember to laugh, we need to remember to think about everything we do in the context of why is life worth living. So what does that second challah say? That second Hollis says to me, A, we can do this if we want to. There is, we, we have a richness available to us and we're not deprived. When we choose to have less, it's because we've made that choice. Our life is about making choices. But tonight on Friday, I'm choosing to buy that second Hollis. And also the notion of how sacred space works, right? I mean, you could be an observant Jew and decide that Shabbat is about refraining from all work in this strict halachic interpretation. Or you could be, as you said, about yourself, an atheist, secular, cultural Jew, and decide that the way of consecrating Shabbat is by doing something as simple and as wonderful as just buying a second loaf of bread. But now, Josh, that second challah, it's not all about sacredness. Oh, no. It also comes to very good use on Saturday morning. And, and this, I know, is the moment in which this here Talmudic podcast would, would give its listeners uh, an indispensable cooking tip. I want to say, for once, I'm grateful that my wife doesn't listen to my work because she might be a little bit mad about giving away her secret. But I, I'm married to a French woman, and I'm about to give away the secret of the ideal Saturday morning. The second challah, as one does, becomes French toast. Absolutely. Le pain perdu, <laughs> if you want. Now, I had a French woman... It's written in tractate brunch. Tractate <laughs> brunch, right. Um... I had a French woman, my wife, teach me the right way to do it, and you're all doing it wrong. Most people, myself included, you take your egg, you take your milk, you mix it together, you add whatever things you might add to your thing. And you soak it, and you cook it. Fine. Done. 
That's the old way. That's the wrong way. It's the wrong way. It's so simply the wrong way. This is the way to actually do it. Take us away. And there's something special in this fact that we're dividing this into two steps and letting each part join to our French toast on its own. Two bowls next to your pan. Get your pan hot. The first bowl contains milk and anything else that you want to put in it, no egg though. So if you're foofy like Liel and you want to add a pinch of cinnamon or some vanilla or something else, me, I do milk. Take your thick cut piece of challah at that point, dip it. It's going to be soaked. Then slap it both sides on in the egg and then right into the pan. So one bowl, just milk, one bowl, just eggs. Yeah. I don't Lightly add anything beat, else. One dip, two sides in the milk, one dip, two sides in the egg and on to the pan. What does it produce? It is this wondrous mouth sensation of crispy on the outside, mushy but flavorful in the best sense of gooiness almost on the inside that putting almost anything other than a little powdered sugar maybe on the outside is almost offensive to. Because you've let the milk set on the inside, it cooks a little bit and is not mingled with the egg, which is just what you want on your outside. It is unbelievable. The first time I had it, I was like, why am I an idiot? Why have I never done it this way? Josh Cross, the Talmud opens a way to all sorts of miraculous conversations. May we all forever be fortunate enough to have two challahs on our Shabbat table. Thank you. Thanks. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Daf Yomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.